Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome back into the Illini Inquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Illini Inquirer publisher here, and uh, we're bringing on the basketball bigwig here. And I, I could, I think there's a little bit of pep in his step. I'm not going to lie, Derek Pfeiffer basketballs are bouncing shoes are squeaking uh recruiting stuff is happening so while we're building up to football season uh i I sense a little bit of excitement in Derek piper here recently yes there that's a good read um feeling good 41 days counting down to the start of college hoop season but yeah no doubt when you hop on a zoom call with brad underwood to talk about practice talking about practice i'm all for it (laughs) i'm all about it we had georgie on our radio show yesterday who's Dropping a couple of curse words, but not, nothing too serious. You know, it's it all, all you know, tasteful. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right. Lon does say, not but, like uh, that mute button. He he does not like pushing that mute button. Well, I think the the listenership would have killed him if he would have just cut the segment after one good answer that was that was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, we wrote it out. It was a good segment, and let's get some hoops here. I know football is right around the corner, so it's a good time. It's a good time for sure. Yeah, and it just means it's going to be weird, Derek. We don't know how we'd be able to cover a basketball game. Like, I'll be at an Illinois football game at Wisconsin, um, and I'll be in the press box, but still just going to do Zoom calls. I have no access to the field, unlike this. But I think both of us are just willing to do what it takes to make sure games are played. And, boy, we're sitting here eight days away. We're recording this on October 15th, eight days away from a football game and 41 days away from a basketball game just to have it back, man. Uh, and just to have that back in our lives, just like the NBA, just like MLB, just like NFL, it just, it just makes things a little bit more normal, even if we're not back to normal completely. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Obviously, you know, for our livelihoods, it's, it's very, very important, but you know, we're, we're fans of, of the game and we love, you know, covering football, covering basketball. Um, it's what we do. It's what these players do. And, uh, to get back to that, something that seemed like it's been forever. Uh, I was telling, telling Lon, and I'm sure you probably feel the same way. I don't know if it's been it's been an eternity since that Illinois-Iowa game, and yet it's just still so fresh in my mind. And uh, we had some fun looking ahead. And how about that? There's going to be a week stretch in December where it could be December 2nd, Illinois-Baylor, December 5th, Illinois-Iowa on the football field, and then December 7th or 8th, Illinois in the Big Ten ACC Challenge against, let's say, Duke, just to have fun. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, just just give me the fire hose right now. I'll take it. That's fine with me. Well, Derek, as you mentioned, we had an hour-long conversation with Brad Underwood, and he likes doing media. He went to school for media, so he enjoys this, but he definitely is a popular guy right now. Whenever we get Brad, we make the most of it, and we do make him go uh, for an hour. We have so many questions because fans are so interested in this team. Uh, and we're going to cover in this podcast what stood out about that, the latest developments with the team, uh, and the schedule as well. And, and we'll probably have another podcast just breaking down Bryce Hopkins and that upcoming decision as well. 
Uh, but Derek, I think one of the first things we got to talk about is uh, some injury updates. Uh, I know some fans have been asking us for some injury updates and three players sat out the first day of camp. Austin Hutcherson has a back injury. Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk has a foot injury. Jermaine Hamlin has a hand injury. Brad Underwood delved into that. We're still dealing with some issues with Austin's back. Uh, so he has not, uh, he has not practiced uh, or done anything uh, with us this spring. Um, he has another examination uh, coming up to see what uh, what's going on there. And then uh, uh, Ben had a little flare-up with his foot, uh, was in a boot, and is, is out now. And so we'll um, uh, he's just going back through the process of re-engaging back into practice. But what did you take away from that mostly, Derek? What concerns you most, or how can this impact the team? Yeah, I think there's a couple of concerning things there. Obviously, if you want to start with, with boss man, the, the guy that missed essentially all of last year with the foot. And, and this is someone that we still haven't really got a chance to see. And the, and the staff hasn't for a prolonged period either. He got here last summer and, and was getting ready to play on the Italy tour. And they, they had all those extra practices leading up to that. And I think he, he maybe lasted half a week or, or a week at most before he was sidelined with the foot. And it turns out that was a stress fracture. And, uh, I, you know, we got to see him in the, in the exhibition uh, where he hit a couple of threes and looked good. And he looks the part. I mean, six foot eight and uh, built like a freight train and, and can do some things with his skill that's exciting. But uh, to have a recurring injury w- with the foot is concerning. Uh, and that's something that you hope he can someday shake uh, as he uh, goes on with his career at Illinois. So uh, it was encouraging to hear that Brad said that he's he's out of the boot and trying to work back. Uh, into getting on the court that's a little bit um, encouraging but um, yeah it's something that's that's really hampered him from showing what uh, all he has to offer and then Austin Hutcherson back in issues have have plagued him for a while now he was in a serious car accident as a freshman in high school and had some herniated discs I think he had multiple and um, some other things that he got hurt in high school but uh, he said all along that the back is kind of bothering him here and there and that flared up Towards the end of last season in his sit-out year, uh, he halted workouts, came back in the summer, wasn't ready to go. They, they rested it. Uh, I talked to him at the beginning of September, and it sounded like he was in getting ready for some non-contact stuff and, and hoped to be back in practice You know, within a couple of weeks. Obviously, not being there on the court on Wednesday probably means there was another setback. So that's concerning, especially for a guy that really his biggest strength was your biggest weakness last year in three-point shooting. Mm -hmm. And I think that he's someone that could come in and make a a big impact in that regard and and play in that backcourt at a couple of different spots. So uh, those two, and then uh, I'll mention Hamlin, just uh, it it is encouraging that he doesn't sound like he's too far away at a hand procedure over the summer. Um, Someone that, you know, isn't probably expected to play a, a very big role this year, but it would be nice to at least, have him in that rotation if you were to get in some serious foul trouble with Kofi and Georgie. Yeah, I look at these, Derek, and I guess I didn't have high expectations for him when he's about the third center on this team, right? Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk. I, I know some fans could have the hope that he's like the breakthrough four that they need, but since he doesn't have a lot of experience, I, I think he's still at some point, you have to get that year in or at least a half a season in where you just kind of find your way on the court and gain some confidence. And without that going into this year of all years, I just didn't count on him for a big impact if he did great but I, I just wasn't counting on it with Hutcherson that, that's a guy that should be in the rotation right like that that's a guy that 
Maybe you have other players who can shoot with Adam Miller now. Jacob Grandison can be in the mix. You know, Demonte Williams is obviously a guy that that shot the ball well late in the year, but just does a little bit of everything for you. Uh, but Hutcherson just gave you almost an embarrassment of riches at the guard, along with Io DeSumo and and uh, Trent Frazier and the guys I mentioned. Um, without him, though, you still have those pieces, but then you're starting to take guys away. And in a year where COVID could knock out guys. That's a concern because Illinois did seem, and Brad does seem to put high expectations on some guys sometimes, but they did seem to have some expectations for Hutch. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And you make a good point there. In terms of boss, man, even if he wasn't going to be ready, you have options at the four with DeMonte, Jacob Grandison, Georgia can play it in spots, and the staff is very, very high on Coleman Hawkins as well. Uh, so the, they are not without options uh, at that particular position. With Hutch, yeah, you know, back to the fact that you just shot 29.3% from three in Big Ten play last year, and this is a guy that can really fill it up. And, and last year, Underwood said that Hutch might be the best athlete on our team. He's six foot six. He's got nice rise up the floor where he can handle the ball if you want to put him in a – he's not a, a true point guard. I know he played point at the D3 level, but uh, someone that can definitely push it in the break. He's a spot, he can run to a spot and hit a catch-and-shoot three. And, and that's really important. And, and he's part of surrounding your stars with weapons. Uh, with Io, who's obviously a, a pick and roll maestro, he can just make some fantastic reads and plays there. And then Kofi in the middle. But um, really, to maximize those, you got to have shot makers and, and threats around the perimeter uh, to attract the defense. And Hutch is going to be one of those guys. So if, if he's not ready to go here in about a, a month or so, or or even if it extends past that, that would be something that obviously would be a big loss and uh, would uh, increase, I don't know if pressure is the right word, but just the urgency for Adam Miller to be ready mm-hmm. because Adam Miller would have to then, uh, you're relying on him even more so for that three-point spark. Yeah, I mean, Brad seemed to think they need more evaluation, but the fact that Hutch has mostly missed everything since the spring is not encouraging. And, and my mind races, Derek, to maybe that's a guy who does use an extra year of eligibility and maybe he's here till 25 years old, but I don't think we can get that far ahead of ourselves. But we'll see where he's at in about a month. Uh, another big topic that, of course, is newsworthy right now, Derek, is just the schedule. We're 41 days away and while we're starting to get reports of, you know, the MTE that they could have in Champaign, which would include Wright State, hey, Tim Finke back in Champaign, Ohio and North Carolina A&T, there's reports of them taking on Baylor in the Jimmy V Classic on December 2nd. You mentioned the Big Ten ACC Challenge, but we don't even have a Big Ten schedule yet. We don't have all those things finalized. Well, I think they will fall into place. There's been nothing like it. Uh, it, it's truly, it's truly uh, COVID 2020, unprecedented as so many things are. Uh, you know, we, we don't have uh, we don't have a lot of answers. We have a ton of questions uh, that 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 all have to be answered and have to be an- answered in a way. They are still trying to finalize this, and that includes, uh, you know, the director of basketball operations uh, for for Illinois here, Joey Biggs, and you know. Brad, I did ask if, if Missouri will still be on the schedule or if they're going to try to, and he said they are in discussions with them. Uh, I'm not high on that game possibly happening, Derek. We'll, we'll see, but we don't have a schedule yet, and we're 41 days out. What, what do you think of this? Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, I'm glad that you asked the question about bragging rights because let's be honest, we're all thinking it. We've seen 
Louisville and Kentucky. We saw Chris Mack have a little back and forth with John Calipari and trying to make that rivalry game happen, which is going to. Xavier and Cincinnati had to work some things out and tweak some things to, to get that game played. I know that, you know, selfishly all fans or just anybody that's that knows that rivalry wants to see Illinois and Missouri take place. But uh, based on what Brad has said and just kind of the read and the vibe to get off of him is uh, I don't know that he's yeah, – that's not doesn't seem like a make or break for him. Uh, I know that the way he's put it is he's putting the most – the utmost value on playing as many Big Ten games as possible. And like you said, they need direction from the Big Ten to really know how much of this non-conference, you know, what that looks like. Because the Big Ten could come in and say, really, they could come and say if they wanted to. I don't think they will. Uh, that we're playing conference only and, and all your other plans don't matter. <laughs> um, so they're, they're kind of waiting for those guidelines. Um, when you look at it, there's not a whole lot else that would have to be filled in. Because if you think of a 20-game league schedule, three games in the MTE against Wright State, Ohio, NCA, and T, assuming the reports are correct, which I have every reason to believe so, that Illinois is going to play Baylor in the Jimmy B Classic down in Orlando. That's 24 games. You play in an MTE, your max is 27. Add in a Big Ten ACC Challenge game, that's 25. Illinois could sit there and say, we're good at 25, or are you really only having two more games to work with? So um, a lot of a lot of the framework, assuming, again, that it's 20 games in the Big Ten, is set there. Uh, we're just waiting some, for some official announcements and – um, that should be coming hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, Brad talked about the difficulty of scheduling these with, with finals week, with Thanksgiving week, and, and all the testing that is involved. Of course, that's why the Big Ten football just went, you know, we're going to just keep this in conference. Basketball obviously is not doing that. But either way, Derek, um, assuming that Illinois can play all these games uh, and they don't have any issues – um, this is going to be one heck of a schedule because the Big Ten is loaded. Uh, that Big Ten ACC Challenge game, whether it's Duke or Louisville or North Carolina, it should be a good team because you got a top 10 Illinois team that finished fourth in the Big Ten last year. Uh, and then you add Baylor to that. What do you think that'll tell us about this team heading into Big Ten play? Yeah, it's going to tell you a lot. It's a, it's a great opportunity to, to challenge yourself and uh, the Baylor game, you know, Baylor right now, CBS Sports has them preseason number two. Just like Illinois, they bring back four starters from a year ago. That was a team that I think five weeks in a row was number one in the in the polls and got out to a 24-1 and start. And they have a likely All-American in Jared Butler returning. Illinois will have one probably in Io. So uh, that'd be one heck of a early season clash. I think you learn a lot about yourself. Uh, you, you've seen – Michigan State, the way they've approached their non-conference and, and you know their non-league games in, in years prior, and not afraid to challenge themselves, not afraid to, if so be it, take a few losses, and you know prepare yourself for March. Uh, I think Illinois would look at Baylor as an opportunity to play someone that you might even see again in, in the tournament. So, uh, and then also in the Big Ten ACC, yeah, it's it's going to be one of those top four. Uh, draws as far as the top four in the ACC. It's probably Duke, North Carolina, you know, Louisville, Virginia, maybe even throwing Florida State. Um, I know Andy Katz projected Illinois to to play at Duke, which I'm all for. Oh, I'd love yeah. to see it. Duke currently sitting at preseason number nine. So uh, I know that selfishly some fans would sit there and say, you know, the MT, I would have liked to see Kansas, Kansas State, <laughs> uh, and, and just the that kind of wish list. But uh, when you really look at it, there will be some opportunities to – 
to get challenged and, and have some some nice wins on the resume if you're able to get them. And I think Baylor is a team that Brad has mentioned several times. I think when we talked about transfers and why he adds them to the program, he always says, look at Baylor. I think that's a team he looks at culture-wise under Scott Drew and says, that's something we should get, uh, we should go up to. And, and for a team that's going to be guard-heavy uh, and has the big man like Kofi, that's a good physical toughness early test for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you said it there, Baylor – is really really tough. Uh, great defensive team. Uh, I think they had maybe even the defensive player of the year last year in, in the Big Twelve, and a big guy that can can block shots, and then will go up against Kofi. But yeah, they they rely on their defense, their toughness. Uh, they do have you know some of their top players last year. Uh, at least two of their starters were transfers. Uh, so that's a team that commands a lot of respect. And you know, Scott Drew has been to a handful of Sweet Sixteens in the la- over the last you know decade. So. Um, a, a team that you're definitely up for tussling against, and uh, it, it feels good on Illinois' perspective to be, you know, in a in a battle where you feel like you're eye level with them. Derek, we can't mention this season without. I mean, we're seeing it in the SEC right now, right? COVID is impacting seasons. It's impacting teams. It's impacting players. It's impacting coaches. Um, And Brad Underwood said yesterday that they had an issue when school came back into session. When we've had issues, we've chose not to stop our program because the reality is we understand that cases are going to happen. We've we've dealt with the quarantine, uh, and yet whether it was in June, July, uh, we had a great month of, of July into August up until the start of school. Then we saw a little bit of a, a, of a hiccup here or there where guys were out. This team is taking lots of precautions, but how do you think, you know, COVID or, or this could impact this season that has such huge expectations? I mean, we are playing during a pandemic here. How do you think Illinois is prepared for all this? Yeah, I think that, as Brad has talked about, as Josh Whitman has talked about, Illinois is, should be as prepared as anybody just with the, the advanced testing that they've really had in place. You know, the, the Big Ten's going to have it be when it's in season, daily testing. That's something that they've been doing anyway, uh, university-wide. So, um, but even that, you know, isn't going to prevent outbreaks or, or potential positive tests. And when you look and see Big Ten football, the standard, if you test positive, you're out minimum of 21 days and that's that's a big chunk that's a huge chunk of the football schedule and obviously still a big chunk of the basketball schedule so uh, you do worry and, and we're seeing it in the nfl where uh teams just there's some flare-ups starting to pop up and you worry about if you play a team that has one and that's why brad is so um you know set on playing opponents that are going to have the same testing standards and the same kind of protocols because the last thing you want to do is is get a matchup in a, in a non-league game and, and play someone that's, you know, not taking it as seriously as you or not as fully vetted as far as the testing and, and you get it. And obviously all of a sudden that wrecks your season. So um, even so far in the lead up, it's just, obviously it's been a different off season uh, for Illinois not to even be able to get in their locker room yet. Uh, it sounds, just sounds crazy, but uh, they haven't been able to play five and five until recently, until this week. Uh, I know that they've even purposely structured, workouts where there's small groups in case there is a positive test and then contact tracing sits some of those players out but not the entire team that doesn't shut down the whole thing um so that has all played into it because uh you know this is a team that brings back a lot has a lot of continuity and chemistry but adam miller andre curbello 
Um, Hutcherson, when he gets back, Jacob Grandison, those guys need the experience, and, and, and Coleman Hawkins as well need to be able to, to perform as a unit. And this team is, is different than last year. Uh, there's some different pieces and different dynamics. So uh, it has affected them. They're in as good a position, I think, as anybody to, to handle it because of the, the continuity and the talent. Uh, but there's no doubt that there are no guarantees as far as testing and, and anything can really happen. So you got to keep your eyes out for that and uh, understand that as you move forward. Well, Derek, let's talk a little bit about what we learned about the team for Brad yesterday during this hour-long Zoom. Uh, number one, big news, huge news. Brad was asked about the starting lineup, and he said Io. <laughs> Io is a starter. Io is going to start. I mean, I, I got a really good feeling about Io and and – Beyond that, we'll, we'll just we'll just leave it at that. I don't I don't know. I really don't. It's so early, and we're still working on so many things. And I like to see a substantial amount of practice, so I so I get the whole picture, not just the starting five, but what my bench looks like, what my rotations could be. This is a fun thing for us to talk about. It's been the number one topic for fans since Kofi and Iowa decided to come back is, well, who's going to start? Um, how much does that matter, Derek, with this team? It matters a little bit more than Brad would lead on because uh, <laughs> he said that he doesn't he doesn't care. He, he maintained that last year. says he hasn't thought about it. I I did think he maybe slided Kofi a little bit. I think I would have guaranteed Kofi's starting spot as well. Now, uh, I'm sure Kofi knows. But um, it matters a little bit. Uh, I I think overall, and as what a coach would tell you, is the rotations matter. You know, the the minute share matters. The combinations matter. Which, you know, which group of guards works. Which group of guards maybe is having a hard time gelling. Those are all things that he wants to figure out. And uh, as he understands, this is how I'm going to game plan. And then also – maybe your closing unit is different than your starting unit. We saw that for decent stretches where Andres Felice wasn't in the starting lineup and then, but he was, he was darn sure um, on the court late in games. Of course, Brad changed that in the middle of the year. And I think that would then point to it matters how you start and in Illinois and in in the past in their, in their struggles had some slow starts. He put Andres Felice out there. and, And I think ultimately there, there are guys who just, you know, make, you say as a coach, I, I got to have him out there from the very beginning. He's too good to, to sit here next to me for the first five minutes of the game. So when you're that talented, you, you can you can get away with, you know, throwing out one line of combination and having to switch it. Or maybe it doesn't matter that much because you, you just have the depth and you have the a really good second unit. But it, it's something that's fun. And, and obviously it matters. It, yeah. it matters how you how you start a game, how you set the tone and. Um, what's going early on in the contest. Yeah, it does matter. Uh, even I kind of poo-poo it sometimes, but it does matter. I mean, Georgie didn't work as a starter for the most part last year. Andres Felice early in the season, that three-guard lineup didn't work uh, to start games, but Andres would come in and then he'd close games, right? Um, so I, I, I kind of see the battle because I, I think DeMonte will start at the four, Kofi, Io, and Trent, right? Would you agree, Derek, that those are the very four likely, likely starters? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, four returning starters. I think they're all they're all right back in their situations. And then maybe eventually, if you need more offense, Grandison can start instead of Demonte. But I, I think Demonte will be the starter for the long term. I think it probably comes down to right is is Adam Miller. Um, is I think Adam Miller might close games to be honest with you because he can score. Um, 
but is he better coming off the bench in an Alan Griffin, Andres Feliz role, or is is Curbelo that Feliz role gives you energy off the bench? It feels like it's going to come down to one of those two freshmen, and defensively, it would make a lot of sense for Adam Miller to start, right? Yeah, I mean that's why right now that's that's probably where I would lean. I think that you throw out pr- probably your best defensive lineup if you have Trent on the ball, Io, Adam, who are just long, big big guards, uh, very athletic. Adam is, I mean, we, we talk a lot about here recently the muscle that I always put on and, and you, you can definitely tell, but Adam's not coming in looking like a traditional freshman. That guy is, is yoked, as you would say. I mean, he's, he's built pretty well. Um, obviously uh, a very good athlete, as I said, and then DeMonte at the four uh, and Kofi at the five. I do wonder some about a defensive lineup with Curbelo. That's not to say I don't see Curbelo, Trent, and, and Io being a combination, I think that, that it will be. Uh, and maybe there is a stretch. I, I have, we've, we've talked in previous podcasts about this, and I, I've told you I have a hard time just envisioning, similar to Felice, Curbelo not being a guy that doesn't find his way on the court because I just think he's that good and he, right. uh, he, he makes everyone better. So um, I would lean towards Adam with those four that we mentioned, but uh, Curbelo's in that mix. And I think Hutch would have been if it wasn't for the injuries, but I, I've still leaned Adam here. Um, for the last couple of months. Speaking of freshmen, um, I've heard good things about Adam Miller. We we know we've heard good things about Andre Cabello and how he makes everyone better. He's, he's played at such a high level and uh, at such a high level uh, at the high school level. Um, but Brad did not mince words. He has high expectations for this freshman class. On the court, uh, they're probably further ahead than any group of freshmen ever ever have been. Uh, a lot of that due to to the leadership. He really, really talked up Coleman Hawkins as well. You know, Coleman gives us a, a luxury we haven't had. And, he, you know, he's probably the at some point of his career will, will probably be a small forward. Uh, he's a great stretch four. Uh, he's an elite shooter. Uh, I didn't mention him, uh, you know, earlier about his shooting. But what he is is, is, is a great ball handler and an elite passer. And uh, uh, there's no coaching some of the things that he does. He does them instinctively. Uh, uh, so having a guy 6'10 who can do those things uh, is an advantage. I think that he's uh, uh, he's got a great motor. He works really hard. Uh, you know, he's gaining strength. And I, and I think he's going to be a guy that because of his IQ and his, and his, and his feel and instincts is going to find his way to the court uh, – uh, maybe earlier than even I thought. What do you think? What What are your expectations for this freshman class, Derek? And and what do they mean for this 2020-21 season? Yeah, I, I think they mean a lot. I think when you lose an Andres Felice and an Alan Griffin, you have an opportunity to maybe not completely fill those shoes or, or do it the exact same way with Curbelo and Miller, but it's a it's a big-time response. And I just think that maybe the one thing is you're not going to be able to replicate the the physicality, the experience that Felice had. You're not going to get that out of Curbelo. That's just not – I mean, he's a freshman. He's not physically built like that. But can he come in and, and make some huge timely plays and uh, be an X factor for you? I think he absolutely can. Uh, Miller could really do a lot of the same things that Griffin did. Maybe not the same – not known as the same rebounder because he's not. Uh, but in terms of a really, really good shot maker, uh, a very good athlete and, and someone that, yeah, can, can be whether it's off the bench or in that starting lineup, 
Um, one of the key weapons uh, on the outside, you know, when you have the ball in Io's hands or, or, or down low to Kofi. Coleman Hawkins is an interesting one. And I know I heard about it. I'm telling you, I could not make a call this summer to someone over at Elvin and, and then not say something about Coleman Hawkins. So I got to at least pay attention to that. They love him. They love his skill. And I can, I can understand it when you're doing a lot of over the summer, a lot of shooting, a lot of skill work. His offensive toolbox is is really really impressive for a six foot ten guy. He can dribble. Um, the, the number one thing when I first saw him on the summer circuit was his passing. I think he's has great feel and just phenomenal passer. Uh, and yeah, I mean he can he, he can hit the outside shot. Um, it, it's it really comes down to the physicality part because mm. I think that's something that he hasn't been challenged with so far. Uh, and we'll learn a lot more i'm sure the staff will too as they get going here in the six week build up with five on fives because can he rebound at this level can he defend at this level it's a very very physical league um but i i definitely think he's going to find his way onto the court just because of what he brings offensively uh how much of an impact over the course of the season will determine uh will be determined by some of those other things that i just said but yeah, yeah I, I think that what you bring back as far as last year sets your baseline uh this is you know, you get ranked in the top 10 because people think Io and, and Kofi are, are two of the best in college basketball. Um, but I think the freshmen can, if they if they show up and live up to their hype early on, which can be a challenge, as we've seen even out of Io, uh, that they can they can push you over the top and really get you to that, that elite level, that going to the final four type of team. Yeah, Coleman, if you could get 10 to 12 minutes out of, I mean – he has to play on the court most likely with Kofi because Kofi would cover up a lot of his sins, right? Like he's so skinny. Kofi can rebound. Kofi can uh, protect the paint if the four gets by uh, Coleman or just plows through him. But that offensive skill set also matches uh, Kofi really, really well. And, of course, that's a position they just don't have a lot of length and a lot of uh, answers for. And that's why Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk injury is unfortunate and why they're counting on Jacob Grandison so much. Uh, we learned Io uh, might be posting up a little bit, maybe trying his Kobe slash MJ impression uh, on, the, uh, on the block there. Uh, Georgie apparently is making the jump hooks in practice, Derek. Um, which just like Alex Legion making three pointers, you got to see it on the court again. Um, anything else stick out and any little nuggets that, that you thought were really interesting from Brad? Yeah, I think, I think you said it right there. I know that you brought it up on Twitter and here again, that if IO showing a, a Kobe or Jordan mid post game uh, on the ISO, I mean, geez, that, that, that sounds fun. That, that sounds fun to watch. And I'm sure he's pulled up the clips and, and he's, He's done his research because uh, we, we know how he prepares and studies the game. But um, Georgie, I thought that was that was encouraging. Again, you got to you got to see it when when the games matter. And I, I just think overall, uh, I, I thought the offseason, no one needed it more than Georgie. Obviously, I mean, that's that's an obvious uh, take there. But just as far as the, the mental reset, uh, just just the ability to, to take some time to work on his game, to learn from last year. He sounds like he's in a really good place. And I know that, again, fans are going to want to see it uh, when they get out there in competition. But I, I would say, you know, Georgie, it, it wasn't for a lack of talent. We've seen this guy. He's he's really, really skilled in the post. He was doing things with his footwork and his patience and his feel that we were watching Ethan have to, uh, you know, as an upperclassman, obviously, for four years at Wisconsin. But when they were going at each other, there were some things that Georgie was doing that, that Ethan was doing as a senior. So, uh, I think it's all about playing to Georgie's strengths. Uh, one thing that still piques my interest is 
Underwood continues to mention Georgia could play the four, could still do this. I'm really interested to see how much they would still try that. I, I think that he's best suited to the five. I think the staff is leaning in that direction because they have DeMonte who can play the four. They have Grandison. Uh, if you just let Georgia do what he does best and he cuts out some of those mistakes and maybe some of those uh, emotional roller coasters, I think Georgia can have a good year and, and be a good piece for you. There's a lot of talk, and I understand the questions. I understand Brad Underwood focusing on this because – Illinois hasn't dealt with this level of expectations in more than 15 years, Derek. Um, But I guess I'm not as concerned about this, but Brad has made it a focal point that, hey, we are targeted now. We've shown that we can compete in the Big Ten. We've done it. We've been playing the last week of the season last year for it, you know, going into it, playing for a conference title. Uh, And, uh, you know, we've won on the road. We've done those things. Um, but now you've got to, you've got to go from the hunted to the hunter and understand that the bullseye's on your back and, and you've got to handle that. And, uh, uh, how do you, the, the first part of that starts with, with distractions away from the court and, and listening to all the stuff that, uh, uh, that you guys talk about, you can't do that. And, and, you know, that's for everybody else. And, uh, you know, our, our objective is, is to, uh, to really never watch the rankings, never talk about the rankings. That's for everybody else. And just keep doing what we do. Just get better every day. Be an everyday guy. But when you got a guy like Io DeSumo, uh, when you got a guy like Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams who have been through this, and I think a team that dealt with expectations early last year and didn't deal with it well, but then when the lights were brightest, I thought really came through. Uh, Io was a big part of that. But Kofi started to put it together late in the season again. I thought DeMonte played extremely well as the season was uh, uh, getting late. And you have guys like Adam Miller who and Andre Crubello who, while freshmen and haven't been at this stage, they have never shied of that limelight uh, and seem to have only succeeded with that. So what do you make of that dynamic of dealing with expectations, dealing with with hype heading into this year. Yeah, I'm with you with the points you just made. Um, not too concerned uh, as far as a team that, um, let's be honest, late in last year, they, they weren't sneaking up on anybody. Everybody knew that Illinois was hot, that Illinois was good. And I, I think I even talked to, to Trent Frazier here the last couple of weeks, and he said the same thing. Look, we had, we had expectations on us last year. We felt really good about the way we handled it. I agree with your point. Didn't look like they were doing a very good job with it early on. Uh, but they they obviously it clicked it clicked in the middle of last year. Uh, this is a team that that knows what it takes and they they feel the urgency. You know, Io Kofi expect this to be their last year at Illinois. This is Trent Lasco, Demonte. Uh, this is a team that knows what it takes, that knows what's at stake, and and, and wants wants to go out there and get it done. The one thing I would say is as far as expectations, that there's just going to be some changes in role this year when you, you add some new pieces to the equation and, and you just need Andre Curbelo and Adam Miller to, to find their niche and find how they fit and, and just make sure it's a, it's continuing working for each other, which I, I don't doubt that that's the culture that, that Brad has said. And, and he's recruited guys that, that fit what he wants to do, but we talked about it. It's a very, very loaded backcourt. There's going to be sacrificing that goes into that. We got, we know that guys want to, want to show out for the NBA or, or whatever it may be. But um, as long as it's still about Illinois, still about the team, which I, I believe it will be, 
uh, I think they'll be just fine, but it, it will be working through some of those, you know, here's, here's my spots. Maybe there's going to be nights where one guy goes off and I, I don't do as much, but uh, just making sure the buy-in is still there. That would maybe be the one unique challenge. Cause I think, like you said, this team has faced expectations. They're elevated for sure. Uh, but I think that they'll be prepared for them. Derek, now that we're done with this one, it's like 40 days and 40 nights until basketball again. <laughs> 40, yeah, man. 40 sleeps yeah. till college hoops. Oof. I don't even know if I can sleep. <laughs> Thank you, Derek. No doubt. Let's do it. Let's do it again. <laughs> Bring on the hoops. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Great stuff as always from Derek Piper, Illini Inquirer, and he's put out a lot of content the last couple of days, and including a piece on the Illini freshman, his expectations for that, and he just put out a piece as well on Bryce Hopkins and the latest in that pursuit for Illinois basketball and what it could mean for them. Uh, so check all that out at IlliniInquirer.com. Leading up, uh, Derek will have more information, the latest news and notes and insight into Bryce Hopkins in the Illini class of 2021. And of course, now he's got preseason content as we get ready for a top 10, top 15, no matter what you look at it, a an Illini team with huge expectations heading into the 2020-21 season. And while it will be a different season, uh, they will play and we'll see how it all goes for them. Of course, we're going to see how football does for a month before uh, basketball gets there. Uh, but you will see your Illini on the court this year. And after a shortened season last year where Brad said it yesterday, I think this team could have made a run. We had all the pieces to make a run. We certainly think this team can do things an Illinois basketball program hasn't done in a very, very long time. And we will cover the heck out of it. And we will have more on the Illini coming up. And you have more Piper coming up. Yes, I recorded another pod with Piper. Yes, two Piper pods. Two Piper pods. Say that five times fast. Um, Piper pod, Piper pod, Piper pod. It's not that hard, actually. I said it three times, though. Um, Yes, you'll have more Piper podcast magic coming up. On Friday, I have a podcast with Piper breaking down Bryce Hopkins, his recruitment, his skill set, what he'd mean for Illinois, and what he'd mean for the class of 2021, and the other potential options in 2021 as well. So we'll have all of that coming up on the podcast, and of course, everything 
going on in the site, we have you covered. That's what we try to do here at Illini Inquirer. If you don't already, subscribe to the podcast. If you can, if you're not subscribed on the site, $1 for your first month. So give it a try. Pretty good time to do it. Football starting, basketball starting, big time recruitments for Illinois basketball. And uh, I'll have a recruiting lounge for football as well, including a pretty significant high ceiling prospect that uh, Illinois has been kind of under the radar with of the latest on him coming up in that recruiting lounge as well. As always, we appreciate your support, no matter if you're just a podcast listener or if you're our great VIP members on the site. We appreciate you all. Everybody, take care of each other. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on the podcast with Piper talking about Bryce Hopkins. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.